Welcome to Voices of Your Village. You're listening to episode number 30. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Yep, you're welcome for that rendition. It is our half birthday. We have been up and running for six months, so cheers to us. Cheers to all of you. We literally are doing this for you. We put so many hours into producing this podcast so that you can have access to free content. And it's literally a labor of love for me. I would love to put so much free content out in the world for you. I'm working on more. So cheers to all of us for being on this journey together. And I want to celebrate. So I started something that I'm super jazzed about, and I think it is going to change how we interact with each other and what we can do for each other. So in the name of free content and free access to Alyssa Blast Campbell, I created a Facebook group for all of us. Everybody in the Seed and Sew community can head on over to Facebook, Seed and Sew, colon, Voices of Your Village, and you get access to all of the voices in your village. From OTs to SLPs to parents to nannies to caregivers to teachers, you name it, like we are all in this thing together. If you are ready to raise emotionally intelligent humans, hand in the air, please, everybody, me too, we are going to be doing so in this group. So head on over to this Facebook group, join, and I will be popping in sometimes to do some lives, to answer your questions, to give you more free content. You can fire questions in there, whatever parenting questions coming your way, and we will all be there to support you. And you know that you'll be there with like-minded folks. In the spirit of celebration, once that group reaches 500 people, we are going to do a giveaway. Head on over, tell your friends, share the group, do all the things so that we can get 500 people in there and then stay tuned because I'll be popping on to do a live and the giveaway will only be announced to folks in the group. It'll only be available to folks in the group. So head on over, join that group. All right. Now we have a special episode today, guys. We are starting something new called the village chatter. And you get to ask me questions on a certain topic. And then I'll do a podcast episode answering them on air like we just are hanging out, just a, just a couple of pals hanging out. This one is you snooze, you win. This one is all about sleep. And for future village chatters, if you'd like to participate, make sure you're a part of this Facebook group, Seed and Sew, colon, Voices of Your Village, because I will be pulling that audience for questions for upcoming village chatter hangouts. To be honest, solo shows didn't used to be my favorite thing. But now, with all these questions from you guys, I feel like we're just hanging out, and I'm really jazzed about it. So, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blast Campbell. Hey there, welcome to the first ever episode of Village Chatter. This is going to be a new series that we'll be doing where I will put out questions or I'll put out a topic 
And you get to submit all of your hot questions on this topic. So this episode is Village Chatter, You Snooze, You Win. Let's dive in. All right. The first question is about sleep on the go. So let's get real. Raise your hand if you have ever traveled and your tiny humans didn't sleep a lick. Yep. Everybody's hands in the air. Everybody's been there. But there are some things that we can do to set yourself up for better success. There are a couple factors that will come into play here. Perhaps you sleep in different rooms at home and you're going to be sleeping in the same room on the go. Maybe you're just going to be in a different space and you're going to be, your tiny human is going to be out of routine or stimulated all day. So there could be a different, a few different things that go into play here, but the best thing you can do beforehand is to establish consistent routines. I wish I could screen this from the rooftops. If you are going into vacation and your kiddos don't have consistent routines, it's going to be very, very hard to get them to snooze. If they know what bedtime looks like and the routine looks like and they know the expectation, you can carry that over into vacation, even if your sleeping arrangements are a little different. That's number one. The next thing that I would make sure to do is to prep them, to let them know what's coming, uh, especially if they're one or older, uh, just so that they're prepared for the fact that you're going to be traveling and what that might look like and what the sleeping arrangements might look like and also laying out what are those expectations. While you're on vacation or traveling, Stick to consistency as much as possible, not necessarily in the exact timing. I don't really care if kids go to bed at 7 or at 9 p.m. What I care about is that if bedtime moves, nap moves with it. So we're really looking at sleep pressure here, which is something we'll go into in one of the later questions, but making sure that your kiddo isn't going down overtired because they just stayed up later. There are definitely some things that I would also bring with you. I don't travel without a white noise machine. We use one every night. I would put one in every bedroom and every childcare center if I could. Uh, I went and visited a baby in the hospital last year and I turned on white noise while I was there for her to sleep. I would absolutely bring a white noise machine or you can also use apps. So I have an app on my phone. There are a million. The only thing here is that you want to make sure it doesn't shut off at a certain time. And you want to make sure that it's all one consistent sound. So we're not looking for like nature sounds or birds of the world or the ocean waves or whatever. You want one consistent sound so that it drowns out the other sounds. It's not something that we use to induce sleep. This is something that we use to protect sleep. So once you're asleep, the white noise helps keep you asleep by drowning out other noise. Okay, guys. Sun is remarkably important for sleep. Uh, This is how our brain knows to start making melatonin. And it also can wake us up in the mornings, especially if you're traveling in the summer and you have that summer sun uh, that's coming in quite early, usually earlier than we want to be up. Your job is to black out the windows. We have had some very interesting contraptions over the years. We travel with black garbage bags, tape. We've tried tin foil. Sometimes it's just like a blanket or a towel and some tacks. Like, get creative. But if you can black that sun out, 
do it. It will save you in the morning. It'll also, it's really hard for kiddos sometimes to go down when it's still light out. So if they're going down in a dark room, that can be helpful too. I would also, if you're using an okay to wake clock, I would bring it with you. One of my favorite products is the Hatch sound machine, Hatch Nursery. It is a sound machine and it's an okay to wake clock all in one and you can control it with an app. So you could set it for whenever to start and to stop and that way like you can adjust it for vacation and it can come on the go with you. Especially if you're sleeping in the room with tiny humans that you don't usually sleep with, an okay to wake clock can it can be like a consistent thing for them to kind of look out for and know okay when the clock uh, when the light turns on then I'm allowed to wake up my parents <laughs> and you can reinforce this like if they woke you up beforehand you could say the light's not on it's time to go back to sleep I'm gonna go to sleep too might not work but it's worth a shot especially if you've been using it at home and it's something that's a part of their routine they might just fall into that I am loving ready-to-eat meals in this season of life. Things are just really busy over here with a toddler and a newborn, and I don't always want to be focusing on meal planning and ordering groceries. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are chef-crafted and dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. There's zero prep and zero mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup involved, and holy moly, do I need that right now. I also love that I can order as much or as little as I need by choosing my meals every week, and I can pause or reschedule my deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, restaurant-quality meals with no cooking required, and there are more than 60 add-ons, like pancakes and smoothies, to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Head to factormeals.com slash village50 and use code village50 to get 50% off. That's code village50 at factormeals.com slash village50 to get 50% off. With spring on the horizon, but not quite here yet in Vermont, I've been looking for simple ways to give my body the energy boost it needs and keep up with healthy habits, especially on those tired mornings when I'm just feeling drained. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel more energized and ready to take on the day. It's a morning ritual that gives me peace of mind and then I'm getting comprehensive nutrition that supports my immune system and keeps me going all day. As a parent of two amazing kids, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so that I can continue to show up for the moments that matter. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm jazzed to welcome them as a new sponsor. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and 5 free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com village. That's drinkag1.com village. Check it out. 
All right. Number two, this is along the same lines as we were just talking about, but night lights or the star lamp projector thing, are they distracting or are they helpful? So the star lamp projector thing for me is a hard no. It's largely distracting and stimulating. It's mostly blue light, which inhibits the production of melatonin. And I guess just like, what's the point? Ideally, kiddos are sleeping in a dark room so that they're producing melatonin, everything's flowing, they're good. But if need be, like a low, warm light that is like across the room, like a little nightlight or something, is okay. Or just an okay-to-wait clock where they know the light's going to turn on when they're allowed to wake up. But I guess my biggest thing with nightlights is just kind of like questioning, like, what is it for? Are they saying they're afraid of the dark? Let's talk about that. Where did that fear come from? What are they really afraid of there? Because there's a chance if they're saying they're afraid of the dark, you're going to put a light in there and they're going to be afraid of something else now. So I would examine that and kind of look farther into that. Question number three. As a nanny, how can I best support kids in going to sleep sans parents? Well, first of all, cheers to you, nanny, for listening to this podcast and wanting to be the best care provider that you can be. That is fantastic. There are no credentials for being a nanny. There are no prerequisites for being a nanny. And it's lovely to see nannies who are really invested in making sure these tiny humans are getting the best care possible. So first of all, give yourself a pat on the back. Now let's dive into your question. It's a large part of this is going to come back to boundaries and expectations like during the day, not just at bedtime, but during the day, making sure that when you're setting boundaries, you're following through with them. So the tiny humans know what to expect from you. They know that you're going to keep them safe. They know that when you set a boundary, you're going to follow through with it. Setting this expectation with them is huge so that then when you say, all right, here's what we're going to do for bedtime and you lay out the plan, they know that's what's going to happen. They might push back a little bit and see, is this really the rule? Will you really follow through with this? They might even say, well, that's not how I do it with mom. And I would say, like, I know you have a different routine with her. I would obviously, like, talk to the parents ahead of time and find out what the routine is and try to be as consistent as possible. But they might breastfeed before bedtime or something that you can't do. And so then laying out what your plan is with this child and letting them know ahead of time. And then I reiterate it all the time. So uh, if I'm picking a tiny human up from school on the way home, I will talk through what the evening is going to look like and I will brush on, brush through like what's bedtime going to look like. And then I just let that sit. And then a little bit later, maybe around as we're getting ready for dinner, I'll remind them what the rest of the evening is going to look like. And then touch on like, all right, and for bedtime, we're going to do boom, boom, boom. Then when we're like doing bath, I remind them what's going to happen with bedtime. And then when we're going into bedtime, I will remind them again or even ask them, all right, we're going to read one book. And then do you remember what comes next? Yep. We're going to sing a song. Yeah, exactly. We're going to sing a song. You can choose it. And then what are we going to do next? We're going to go up to bed. That's right. So like whatever, talking them through it and bringing them into the process so they know what to expect. And then most likely, especially if it's the first time, when you put them down, they're probably going to cry. So you should set your expectation there. 
they miss their parents. And to be honest, they'd rather that their parents were there than you. Don't let this hit your ego. It just is what it is. You're not their parent, and they would rather have their parent there. Just expect that you're probably going to hear some tears. And I would just validate the emotion, but I wouldn't let it become a stalling tactic. So I would say things like, I hear you. You really wish mom was here to put you to bed, and I'm putting you to bed tonight. And then I would just pause, and I would ask if they want a hug or a kiss. And if they do, I would give them a little snuggle, and then I would put them to bed and say, good night, I love you, you'll see mom in the morning, whatever it is. And if you go to put them down, they don't want to snuggle, or they just like really ramp up, then I would just say to them, I hear that you're really upset, I'm going to go down and do the dishes, or I'm going to go do something, and I'll come back and check on you in five minutes. Uh, Just letting them know that like, they're not alone, you hear them, you're going to come back. Uh, And then when I go back and check on them, I would just go back and give them some love and validate their feelings again. I hear you. You really wish mom was here and I'm here to do bedtime. It's time to go to sleep, but I'll see you in the morning or they'll see you in the morning. Woof. Yeah. Not you. They'll be like, what? (laughs) You again? (laughs) Yeah. Then I would, then I would leave, man. They're going to work through this. They're processing an emotion right now and they're tired. So all in all, like There's only so much you can do there can be kind of a helpless feeling because you can't give them what they want. What they want is for it not to be you, but they are safe and they're loved and you have validated them. So you can kind of have peace of mind knowing that. I'm glad I got this question because this next question is really what a lot of my consultations come down to. How do I figure out why my 13 month old is waking so frequently? Whew, that is, that's a legit question. So let's talk about a few things. First of all, if you haven't snagged it already, head over to my sleep tips guide. It's at seedandsew.org slash freebies and snag that because that's a great, great place to start. It'll talk you through like the foundations of sleep and things to start with. I'll also link to that on this blog post. It's likely related to timing. So earlier I mentioned sleep pressure, and honestly, this is what so many of my consultations come down to. If I could like put any information into every pediatric office, it would be about sleep pressure. <laughs> uh, sleep pressure is... The I think of it as like being the right amount of hungry. So when you go to dinner, you don't want to be ready for like just a snack. You don't want to have a belly that's like mostly full and just wants to nibble. You also don't want to be hangry. You want to be like the right amount of hungry to sit down and eat dinner. That's what sleep pressure is. It's being the right amount of tired so that you're not ready for just a little cat nap but that you're not overtired, you're the right amount of tired. So a lot of tiny humans, what we're seeing is that schedules are just off. Either nap happens too late in the day, which is a common problem, or kiddos are going down too late and they're overtired. But sleep pressure, finding that right amount of tired window should lead to your tiny human sleeping through the night by 13 months. 
If they are not sleeping through the night and you have adjusted the timing and you followed my sleep tips and everything is down pat and they have great sleep pressure, yada, yada, and they're still waking, the next thing I would look at is development. Are there any huge developmental leaps going on? So if this has been an ongoing problem, it's likely not related to development. It's likely either habit formed or it's sleep pressure. But if it's new, if it's recent, it could be related to a tiny human who's getting ready to walk, who's about to have a huge language burst. There could be a number of things that are like feeding into that. There's so much brain development that happens between birth and 18 months. If you think about your newborn, it's a much different tiny human than your 13-month-old. Sorry if now now you're like tearing up after me bringing you back to that. But they've grown so, so, so much in 13 months. And with that, there are a lot of like sleep challenges that come. If you think of like... If you've ever had like a big work meeting or something kind of going on in life that's pretty big that you're preparing for and really working hard at, you you might have a hard time sleeping. You might have a hard time going to sleep or uh, if you wake up to pee in the middle of the night like I do, then like going back to sleep might be a challenge because your brain is active and you're thinking about those things and you're like planning. And for tiny humans... Uh, early on, they're doing the same thing, but they're working on so much more than we will for the rest of our lives. They're forming 80% of their brain by the time they're three. So all these foundations are things that they're working on and it can drastically affect sleep. So that's one thing to be mindful of. Sleep generally gets easier after 18 months. After kids have gone through their big gross motor milestones and, and huge language bursts, then we start to see like sleep settle in. And if it's not settling in at that point, then there's some habit forming we have to look at and or sleep pressure. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. 
I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. So your homework is to go to the website. You can either go to voicesofyourvillage.com and head to the blog post for this episode. There'll be a link to the freebies there, or you can go to freebies um, at seedandso.org slash freebies. And I also have, I'll throw this one on there too. I have the five favorite like sleep products of mine. So like setting up your sleep environment. Uh, It's another freebie that I created and I'll link that on the blog post or you can snag it from the freebies page as well. Okay, this is a big one. So this parent asked, how can I get my four-year-old on board with falling asleep on her own? First of all, I'm going to let you know you are not alone. Most of the families that I work with for kiddos three to five, it is along these lines. It's a behavioral issue. This is not a quick fix. It's not a quick overnight thing. The biggest shift that we have to make here is that she doesn't have to get on board with falling asleep on her own because you are the dictator of this. It's not a democracy. And she's looking to you to set boundaries and to hold them, not just at bedtime, but throughout the day. So the more frequently that we are setting boundaries throughout the day and holding them and it doesn't become a negotiation. It's not up for discussion. We're not negotiating for five more minutes or two more books or another outfit or another meal or whatever it is that when we set boundaries and we hold them all day long, we are sending kids the message that we will keep them safe and that they're not in charge of calling the shots, that that's our job so that they can focus on going off and playing and taking risks and knowing that if they take a risk that is too great, we will keep them safe. We will stop them. If they're going to make an unhealthy choice, it's our job to keep them safe. We will stop them. And for me, when I think of sleep, we can't do the work that we want to do as humans if we're tired. So when we're sleeping, especially in in your REM sleep, which is the fourth stage of sleep that you go through throughout the night, you're going through a process called protein synthesis, where your brain takes what it learned throughout the day and stores it into long-term memory. So this is vitally important for long-term health and development. And studies are tracing Alzheimer's back to very young ages and some chronic diseases are are linked to poor sleep. So for me, this is a part of just like being a healthy human in the same way that we wouldn't let kids choose what to eat all day long because candy and ice cream wouldn't fuel them and help them grow strong and be healthy and continue to function. Sleep is a non-negotiable It's our job as adults to hold these boundaries for them so that they can be healthy and strong. So for the four-year-old, what we're going to do is start out by really making sure that all day long you're setting and holding boundaries during the day and that she has these clear expectations with consistent follow-through. 
that then leads into nighttime. So then I would prep her for, okay, here's what bedtime's going to look like and then follow through with that. And it doesn't have to start out with like, oh, we've been laying together and falling asleep together and now I'm just going to leave you high and dry. You can work your way back to like sitting next to her and patting her back and then staying for five minutes. You can like pull away from it and like slowly kind of like wean her off of your presence there. But she can absolutely do this. It's just not her first choice. It's not what she's known either. I think there's a good chance if she's expecting that right now that it's been something that she has known for a while and it would be a new routine in the same way that like if we sent her to a new school, we wouldn't expect her in the first few days or maybe even the first few weeks to just have it down and be okay with it and understand what the process looks like. Uh, She needs time to kind of get used to it and understand it and know what to expect and like build a new routine and kind of a new normal. So anytime we're going into like a behavioral sleep change, time has to be an expectation here that it's not going to be perfect right away, but the more consistent you are, the faster it is for her and the easier it is for her because then she learns what the expectation is and knows that even on Tuesday, even when if your co-parent is out of town or traveling, even when you're tired, even no matter what the parameters, no matter what, you are going to be consistent. When she learns that, then she doesn't have to push the boundaries to find it out anymore. If there's a chance that this boundary is going to move, it's worth it for her to try. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So if you're consistent, you're consistent, you're consistent, you're consistent, and then you're just like, I'm done. I'm so tired. I'm just going to lay down with you because you've thrown enough tantrums and I don't want another tantrum. I'm just tired. It's the end of the day. I don't want to do this. Then for her, what she learned is that if I'm consistent enough with my tantrum throwing, I'm going to just get what I want here. So it's really hard. It's like an upfront investment. But the ROI here is worth it, let me tell you. It pays off. I'm working with a family right now who, they're actually moving from co-sleeping to not. And the mom just, I just read an email this morning that said, I can't believe this is really working. Like, if I would have known this, I would have started it so long ago. You just have to start and it has to be consistent. So for this family, every night for the past week, it's taken about a half hour for the child to go down. But the routine has changed. And for the last two nights, there hasn't been any crying. And it will just continue to get better and easier and faster. But only if we hold that boundary and we're consistent with that routine. If you want more on the boundary holding, I have an episode on boundaries. I think it's episode three. I also have a freebie on boundaries. You can grab from seedandso.org slash freebies. I can link to that in the blog post as well. And stay tuned for upcoming Tiny Humans Big Emotions groups. There'll be a fall session launching soon. Haha, <laughs> sneak peek. So stay tuned for that because that's a chance for you to bring your personal anecdotes and to gather with other families in the trenches with you here. And we can talk through the day-to-day of what it really looks like to raise these emotionally intelligent humans and how boundaries and expectations and follow-through really play into that. 
I will be announcing when those groups launch first to the folks in my weekly newsletter. So if you're a part of our village newsletter, you are going to find out first and have first dibs at these groups. And when they fill up, they fill up. So if you want to get in that, head on over right now and go join our village. You can do it at seedandso.org. There's a join our village tab for you and, and sign right up for that so that you can be the first to know. And after that, I will be updating the Facebook group, Seed and Sow, colon, Voices of Your Village. Then from there, I'll be updating my Instagram tribe. All right, now don't forget about the giveaway that is happening. Once we get to 500 people in this new Facebook group, then I'm going to do a giveaway. Go join, tell your friends, bring people in there. This is a space where we can fire questions off of one another. I'll pop in sometimes and do a Facebook Live and answer your questions there. There will be experts in the in this group who are working for Seed and Sow and are a part of our community and are ready to answer any and all questions that you have. And it's a space where you can fire questions off of like-minded parents as well, uh, other folks who are working to raise emotionally intelligent humans. So if you're over there wanting to raise an emotionally intelligent human, hand in the air, yes, please, then head on over right now, seed and sow, colon, voices of your village, and join that Facebook group so that you can be along for this journey. We need you. We're all working on this together. If that's you, head on over right now. I can't wait to hang out with you in the group. Catch you next time on Village Chatter. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. If this podcast has helped you on your journey, please take two minutes to leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for joining forces with us to cultivate this modern parenting village. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.